Hey, thanks for joining us here at the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. There's a lot of great resources there that are free and will help you grow closer to God and help you connect with the church. Right now, let's go to our lead pastor, Chris Figueretti, for this week's message. So we first met, it was through, I took the Alpha course and Erica introduced us and then we became like acquaintance friends at that point, I feel like. I think our friendship really started to kick off a little over a year ago when we had the opportunity to lead a life group. Yeah. It was funny because both of us were called to lead, but there was something missing. I don't think we were supposed to lead individually, mm-hmm. so that's kind of how God brought us together to lead a group together. Yeah, and then I think whenever we were talking more then, we were like, oh my gosh, are we the same person? So then kind of realized a lot of similarities we had. Initially, I knew we would be friends just because of our mutual friends and our just shared interests, but one of the first things I noticed about Ashley is just her selflessness, just in her willingness to serve, and in the big ways and the small ways, whether it's praying for someone that she doesn't even know or offering to pray for a friend of mine that she hasn't met yet. So the selflessness, and I just think Ashley seeks to understand and she doesn't doesn't leave any stones unturned. It's nice to have a friend that you can count on to like help you with your steps in faith. If you're struggling in certain areas, you know, we'll text each other, even if it's just throughout the day, like struggling with something at work or like relationship, whether it be like friend or dating or whatever, we can just, message one another or call one another and say, hey, this is what I'm going through or whatever. And it's nice to have someone else there to pray with you, pray for you, give you advice that you probably are aware of, but it's like godly advice, not worldly advice. I have, you know, she's one of my wise counsel, so. I think Ashley comes from a place where she wants to know the answer and she'll do the work to find it. So I just, I feel understood and appreciated and yeah, I feel like that's that's what keeps it going. And I think too, like accountability partners. It's nice oh. to have someone like we don't sugarcoat necessarily, but we don't need to. We're not like brash with each other or anything. It's it's it comes from a place of love. Any advice that we give to one another, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, we definitely will hold each other accountable. It's, a, it's like a perfect balance of grace and accountability. I'd say for people, I mean, look in church, whatever age you are. There's plenty of people in church. I have great friends that are in different age generations than I, and it's nice to have friends of faith. Yeah, I was just gonna say, just just look, just seek, because there's others, there's others out there, no matter what age you are, demographic, all people need people. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true, we say it in this church all the time, but it's absolutely true, and there's not a shortage of faith-based friendships just waiting to be blossomed, so. <laughs> Well, good morning and welcome to People and Everybody. How are you? All right. I am so excited for this series uh, and just want to welcome everybody watching online and say, come on down to the Capitol if you're watching online and you're within 30 minutes of here. You can make it. There's all kinds of people here, and that's what we're talking about today. You know, people skills and peopling skills may be one of the most practical and important topics that we can talk about because it will influence your life in such profound ways, the people that you hang out with, the people that you choose to spend time with. And as a culture, we're getting less and less adept uh, at relationships, at peopling skills. Our, our, our technology is driving us more inward, more isolated, more introverted. 
You know, I don't know if you've ever been out to eat and you've watched people, maybe you've done this yourself, but you've seen people, or you were the people, sitting at the table having a texting conversation with somebody on the other side of the table rather than having a real conversation. Um, we don't need it, each other anymore. Uh, sociologists have, we do, but we don't think we do. Sociologists have identified this phenomenon of cocooning where, where we just hang out at home because we can stream our favorite entertainment, we can order food through DoorDash. We can get any question we want answered, answered either by Siri or Google. We don't need other people for that. We can pretty much hang out in our underwear or bathrobe and do anything we want to do and don't have to deal with any other people. And for some of us, that's an attractive option. Some of you are watching church online right now. Uh, and so uh, let me encourage you again. Come on down and connect with other people because People are what make life great. We say around here all the time, all people need people. Now that can mean different things to different people. And, and, and here's what we mean by that. You were designed by God to need meaningful, life-giving relationships. Now if you're an introvert, you might need one or two of those. If you're an extrovert, you might need 50. But, but we all need people. Like you, it influences everything in our lives. In fact, I'd say it's one of the most defining factors of where you will end up. Show me who you're hanging out with. You know, people, we say you are what you eat. You eat a bunch of Twinkies, you're going to end up as a Twinkie. And if you eat health food, you're going to end up healthy. You know, you really, you are who you hang out with. You're the sum total of the five closest people in your life. You become like them. So it's not just all people need people. You need good people in your life. You need people who fill your bucket, people who make you better, people who, who spur you on to grow and become all that God has created you to be. Uh, we all need that. Now, how do you get that? Well, it's a really, really simple thing. You choose your friends well. Now, for, for some of us, you're like, Choose your friends well. My friends are just the people that I've come in contact. They're people who lived in my dorm. They're the people who lived in the neighborhood. And there is some of that that goes on. But we have to be intentional. And I'm here to tell you that being intentional in your friendships is biblical. Let's look at uh, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26. It says, the righteous choose their friends carefully. Have you ever thought about that? Choosing your friends carefully. Stacking your friend deck with people who make you better. That's actually biblical. Um, most of us live haphazardly when it comes to our friendships. We just kind of go through, through life. And that is just not okay because it's your friends, it's the people in your life that are going to make you or break you. They're going to make you better. They're going to make you worse. So choose well. Now, we're in church. This is a great environment, guys, to connect with people who are kind of on the same journey as you. If you are here, you've just kind of self-selected yourselves like you're with a self-selected group of people who are trying to get better, who are trying to become more like Jesus, who are trying to become more positive, who are trying. And so this is a great place to pick people, uh, to, to, to build friendships. It's why we do life groups, so that you can get a group of 5 or 10 or 15 people and connect with a few people and make some friendships and be on a journey together with other people. And you'll become like the people you spend time with, for good or for bad. Proverbs 13.20 says this, walk with the wise and become wise, for good. You walk with wise people, 
you're going to become wise. You walk with people who are trying to become more like Jesus, you're going to become more like Jesus. Right? Or for bad. 1 Corinthians 15.33, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And we know that's true. My favorite TV miniseries of all time, really my favorite movie of all time, is a, uh, a movie based on a book by Larry McMurtry called Lonesome Dove. Any Lonesome Dove fans out there? We got one. All right. Woohoo! All right. It's a Western. I named my dog Gus after the, the lead character in, in Lonesome Dove. I'm a, I'm a fan. Uh, and it, the whole story, the backstory is you got a couple of old cowboys in southern Texas who were Texas Rangers at one point and they kind of aged out and they're taking a herd of cattle to Montana, Cattleman's Paradise. It's awesome. Cowboy hats, uh, Western, uh, the music's amazing. Anyway, I digress. They have an old friend who's just kind of blown around by the wind. He falls in wherever he does. His name's Jake. And Jake shows up and spends some time with them. But then Jake goes off and gets into trouble. He falls in with a bunch of horse thieves and uh, ends up riding the range. And the horse thieves turn into murderous horse thieves. They start killing some people. And, and so these guys are on their way. And they come across some of the, their, the wake, you know, the dead people along the way. And they're like, these are horse thieves. These are murderous horse thieves. And they finally catch up with them, and they hang the horse thieves, and they are getting ready to hang their friend Jake. And there was a young, young little boy, his name was Newt, and he was growing up, and he was, you know, he kind of idolized Jake. And he's like, we can't hang Jake, he's our friend. And Gus turns to him, it's one of those moments, galvanized, I love it. He's like, you know, you ride with, with horse, this is easy for you to say. If you ride with horse thieves, you hang with horse thieves, because ultimately you will become a horse thief. You will become a murderous horse thief, and that's exactly what happened to Jake. You become like the people that you spend time with, for good or for bad. So choose wisely. Jesus had the right mix of people in his life. He had people in his life that spurred him on, that, that, that fed his heart, and he had people in his life that he saw potential in and he poured into. They weren't the most educated people, some of them were educated, though. So they, they weren't the wealthiest people. They weren't the most powerful people. But they were good people. They made Jesus better, and Jesus made them better. Today, what I want to look at are our friendships. And this is part one of a four-part series. But today, who makes up your friendship circle? Who makes up your friendship circle? Now, it's always going to be a mix, so hear me on the, the front end of this. You're, always, you're not going to be able to ever eliminate all the types, and you're not supposed to, but prayerfully consider who is in your friendship circle. And the first type are, are just first type of people, four types of people, draining people. Anybody know what I'm talking about when I talk about draining people? Okay, three or four of us do. Everybody else has energizing people in your life. All right. You, know, you meet a draining person, and it's like you can just... Feel the life being sucked out of you, right? <laughs> like that sound effect, I've been working on that all week long. <laughs> so, you know, and, and it's not always like that. Sometimes it's like a trickle, you know, you're, you're not quite aware of it. There are other people, you're just like, <laughs> it's all, it's all, all the energy is left in my body. And these people tend to be negative. They're the Eeyores of the crew, right? They're like, oh, bother, you know, it's never going to work out. We're all going to fail. Oh my, we're all going to die. You know, you just, you just that kind of, and, and it, it's exhausting after a while. It's okay for a minute or two, but after a while it starts to wear you out. Or critical people, 
people who are just always nitpicking and seeing what's wrong and can't see what's right, man, will wear you out. Jesus had those people in his life, the religious leaders. Now, he kept them at a distance. He insulated himself from them. They were still part of his life, but he limited his exposure to them. In Luke chapter 11, verse 53, it says this, when Jesus went outside, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to oppose him fiercely and to besiege him with questions, waiting to catch him in something he might say. They're just waiting to catch you doing something wrong so they can point it out. It makes them feel better about themselves. They're life suckers. They are. Needy people. You know, it's like they see you coming. They don't have, they don't have energy inside them. So they pull it out of you. People who gossip. You know, which can be entertaining at first. You're getting the latest gossip and, and news, but then you realize, you know what, this is kind of toxic. And then after a while you realize, yeah, and they're talking about me when I'm not with them. Or people who always have to have a better story than you do. You know those folks? Like I went on this vacation this summer. Oh, your vacation. Wait till you hear about my vacation. Oh, you went out to eat there? Wait till you hear about where I went out to eat. And they'll wear you out over time. And they're, they're life suckers. They're soul suckers. Now Jesus... Ended up with one of these people in his inner circle in the 12. I don't think he started that way. His name was Judas Iscariot. I think he started out good. Jesus invited him to be one of the 12 disciples. And over time, Judas kind of became this person. He was critical and he, was, and he actually trapped Jesus. But he only had one, right? Here's what, I'm, here's what I want to say to you. You will never get all of these people out of your life. And I don't think we're supposed to. Right? But we are supposed to manage our life so this is not a majority of the people. If Jesus was 12 to 1, you probably, probably be a good ratio. Right? Um, so I have one of these people in my life. Uh, they don't go to church here, so you're all in the clear. Uh, but, but this is it's just somebody that I felt like God, and you probably do too. And you need to be very prayerful about this. But this was a person that, uh, that I'm supposed to, uh, I feel before God, I'm supposed to pour into him. And so when we get together, I'll come home and Christy's like, you need to go take a nap. Because I'm like, oh, I'm just exhausted. You can just feel it coming out. But I, 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 it is part of my mission and part of what God's given me to do is to care for and pour into this guy. And so there's going to be these people in your life. But you have to, you have to manage your mix. Your, your friend mix. It's kind of like this. Guys, come on, come on out. I asked these guys. Let's hear it for the uh, stagehands. Uh, well, if. Here they come. Thank you. This is a big jar of blue water. It's not Kool-Aid because we don't do Kool-Aid here at the vineyard. Um. I want you to meet my shop back. I've done four houses with this, this shop back. We go back a long way. It's, it really sucks. It's amazing. That is free. All right. So, so, you know, a draining person can drain the life out of you super quick, right? And it kind of looks like this. They walk into the room and... And you're like, I got nothing left. Now, if it goes like that, that's kind of a gift because you're like, mm, all right, I need to, uh, let me get the water out of the hose. 
I probably need to not spend a great deal of time with that person if, it, if it's that fast. But for a lot of us, it's just like a trickle out. And we're not even aware that it's happening. In fact, you think you're an introvert because all the people in your life are draining you slowly. And you go and spend time with them. And then, and then you're like, I'm exhausted. And being alone is more energizing than being with the people you've chosen to hang out with. Right? And you need some people in your life who pour into you, not take from you. you got to choose well. So how do you know if someone's a draining person? Now, in your, in your notes, I have a, a page that has each of the categories that I'm going to cover today. And there are five statements that will help you if you take the time to discern who these people are in your life. Right? Because most of us have never even thought about it. And then to also evaluate ourselves. And, you know, ask the questions, which category do I fall into? And so here, here we go. This is going to actually be hard for some of us today uh, because it's going to be an awareness moment and you're going to be like, oh, that's true. All right, so here we go. How to know if someone is a draining person? Your shoulders slump when they walk in the room. You ever have that happen? You're just like, oh, golly. I, I, I knew a guy once, he would walk in the room and you could just feel the oxygen go out of the room. Everybody was like, I'm so tired. And, and, and it was just the personality, right? Uh, second, you don't want to answer their phone call. You don't answer, you, you, it's like, oh, I'm going to need a day or two to bank up some energy to be able to have this phone conversation because it's going to just, it's going to wipe me out. Three, they see the glass as half empty. That negative thing, like nothing is good. Every, you know, it's like the best day ever. Yeah, but, you know, um, they enjoy giving bad news and they enjoy playing the devil's advocate. Like, and you need people in your life who will challenge you. So I'm not saying eliminate people in your life who will challenge you. But if the, all they're doing is playing the devil's advocate, it's going to wear you out over time. And fifth, they always put their own interests first. It's all about them. They don't really care what's going on with you. You're there to, to, to uh, listen to them. Guys, you got to pick your friends well. Right? Now, hear me because I know what some of you are going to hear. You're going to hear me saying, you need to eliminate all these people in your life. I'm not saying that. I've got one, at least one. Uh, Jesus had, had one, at least one, if not more. And you probably have one or a few as well. But here's what I will say. If you work on stacking your friendship deck on the positive side, the impact of the people who on this side, the draining people side, will be a whole lot less because you will be adding... To your energy level. You'll be adding to your, your battery, so to speak. Friend mix is important. And, uh, and, and so choose well. Now, here's the other side of this. Some of you, and this is the hard part, are draining people. Like as you sit down and go through this, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm a draining person. That's a gift. Like, like don't get down about that. It is a gift to know because you're not stuck there. You don't have to live there. You have a choice. And in fact, what I encourage dating people to do, I will encourage you to do. I encourage dating people, don't go find a date, right? If become, focus on yourself and become the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. If you're looking for great friends who will add to your life, 
become a great friend. Focus on becoming, and we're going to go over some of these other categories here in a moment, but focus on changing from being a draining person to being a life-giving friend. Second kind of person we're going to talk about are neutral people. Now, neutral people, they don't, they're just kind of neutral. Hmm. Profound, isn't it? They're just like, they're there. You know, there are people, and we have, this is probably a majority of the people in your, in your people mix. They don't add to your bucket. They don't take from your bucket either. Jesus, Jesus had the crowds, right? The crowds were kind of neutral for Jesus. Jesus handled crowds in a healthy way. And there were times where he would go and he would be with the crowds and other times when he would not be with the crowds. And um, 144 times through the gospel we see crowds mentioned. And, and, and Jesus, in Matthew 8, 18, it says, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. It was one of those times where he's like, I don't need the crowd right now. We're just going to go and spend some time alone. But Jesus would interact with the crowds. And we all like crowds. Right, especially like the whole social media phenomenon. We love to have lots of followers and lots of clicks and, and all that stuff. And that should be neutral in your life. Let me just say that. That should be neutral in your life. That is not your bucket filler. In fact, some people think that it is. They make the mistake to think that, you know, because it makes them feel better. But what's going on if you have, and then if you don't get enough clicks or enough likes or enough followers or whatever, you feel really bad, right? That is not a bucket filler. What that is is a dopamine response in your brain, and you are addicted to affirmation from people that you don't even know online. That is not healthy. That's not a bucket filler. But if you hold that in a healthy way, it's neutral. And neutral is fine. It's not adding anything. It's not taking anything away. Ultimately, for Jesus, the crowds were neutral when it came to friendship. But the, and for you, the same. But it's not the crowds that make your life great. It's your friends. It's not the crowds that you become like, hopefully. It's your friends. So choose them well. Neutral people tend to be kind of boring. And that's okay. I mean, we don't learn a lot from them. They don't challenge us. They're not making us better. And they're not inspiring us. And they're not motivating us. They just kind of are. Now, we all have people in our lives that are neutral. And that's, that's life. That's life. You just don't want to have all friends that are neutral. Because you're never going to go anywhere. you got to have people who can pour into you. So how do you know someone is a neutral person? A couple things. First, they don't really affect you emotionally. You know, you, you walk into the office, it's like, hi, George, hi, Ralph. And you go to work and you just kind of do your thing. Like, like they, could, they could get transferred tomorrow to another town. You'd go to the party because you're polite. But you wouldn't miss them the next day when you, when you actually showed up. There's, there's no real emotional impact there at all. Um, they're in your life purely because of history. You know, we've been friends since we were three. You know, went through school together, all of that. Now, those relationships, there's nothing wrong with those relationships. And don't walk away from those relationships. But you have, as you're about to see, you have to have some of the relationships we're about to talk about to fill your bucket. 
Their life is at a standstill. They're not learning. They're not growing. They're not, they're not challenging you. They're just kind of going through life, and that's, that's life. You're going to have people like that. Fifth, they're present in your life, but they don't add anything of value to your life. Again, these are people that you're going to have in your life. And in fact, I would suggest to you that God puts people like that in our lives for us to inspire and for us to motivate and for us to minister to. All right? It's not, they're not bad, but you don't want just neutral people in your life. You need people in your life that feed your soul. So the other side of this, again, is don't be that person. Like, like you don't have to be a neutral person. But the first step is figuring out if you are. And if you are, do something about it. Third category of people, energizing people. Energizing people. Anybody know what I'm talking about, an energizing person? Like you walk away from some time with them and you just, your bucket is full. Your batteries are charged. You're just like, wow, you're more powerful. When I first started... Uh, as the lead pastor here, one of the advisors at the time at the church, one of, one of my advisory board members' names was Pam. And Pam was an encourager. She would just speak words of encouragement into my life. And she would hear from God and she would speak those things into my life. And every time she did, I would walk away with a little more in my bucket. I would walk away a little more confident. I was more powerful from spending time with Pam. Uh, other people who, who fill your bucket, who are energizing people, are people you just click with. Never meet anybody and it's just like, man, we do. My friend Pete in college, from the very first moment we met, I mean, just so much in common. I could call Pete right now or this afternoon from my deck and say, hey, I'm standing on my deck looking out at the snow. And he'd go, really? I'm standing on my deck looking at the snow. I mean, it was just like kind of, we haven't talked in, in a year and he would be like, <laughs> we'd be doing the same thing. Uh, and we just clicked. And whenever I spend time with Pete, it fills my bucket. Right? So spend time with people that you click with. Or people that you're learning from. You ever had somebody in your life that you just learn from? My, uh, when I was on sabbatical several years ago, I read a book about farming, food, and faith called The Marvelous Pigness of Pigs by a guy by the name of Joel Salatin. And, and so I, I emailed him and said, hey, I'd like to meet you. And I got an invitation to his, uh, his farm and I got to hang out and get to know him. And we, had become, we have become friends and we spend time together once a month on Monday even, one Monday evening a month and we talk about farming and we talk about faith and we talk about church. Because one thing that he is really good at is seeing how God designed things to work and then building systems that cooperate with that. And I'm like, can you help me do that in church? And he is, and it fills my bucket. I have a hard time sleeping on those Monday nights when I get off the phone. Energizing person in my life. There are people that just are jo a joy to be around that fill your bucket. My wife, Christy, falls into this category. People talk to me all the time. Christy is just awesome to be with, and she is, and I was lucky enough to marry her, and so I get to spend time with Christy, and it fills my buckets cause, bucket because she is just such a pleasure to be with. Or I think of my friend Brad, who we go motorcycling together, and he's just authentic, just outrageously authentic, yeah, refreshingly real. You know what I'm talking about? It just, it's like, okay, we're not, we're not being polite or anything. We're just being real. And that just totally charges my batteries and fills my bucket. 
And then I have another friend who, he's kind of an entrepreneur and he has just got this contagious energy. Like he, he, he invents things and he builds things and he overcomes, you know, they said it could never be done and he figures out how to do it and he's just, oh, I just love it. I love spending time. Fills my bucket a little bit. You're more powerful having been with these kinds of people. And guys, you need people like this in your life and most of us don't have enough. Because here's the deal, like neutral people and draining people, we're going to have them in our lives. We're supposed to. We're supposed to be pouring into them. But if nobody is pouring into us, it's kind of like when you're on an airplane and the, the oxygen mask drops down. They always say, put your oxygen mask on first. Because if you're out, you can't help anybody else. It's the same thing here. You've got to have energizing people in your life who are filling you up faster than you're being drained. And that can happen pretty fast, especially if you use a, crafts or a, uh, yeah, a craftsman shop bag. I, my motorcycle I, I put away in the, the wintertime, obviously, and uh, it has a battery in it. In the summertime, there's a, there's a little electric generator in the, in the uh, motorcycle called a stator that, that charges the battery. So as long as I'm riding it, it keeps the battery top, topped off and healthy. But when I put the motorcycle away in the wintertime, that battery just, there's a slow drain on it. There's an electrical system and other things. And it will, the, the battery will go dead. And it's really bad for the battery. So what you do in the wintertime is you put something on the battery called a trickle charger. And you plug it into the wall. And it keeps topping off that battery all winter long. So in the spring, when I get the motorcycle out, it fires right up and everything's running well. But there's another benefit. That battery will last years longer because it is damaging to the battery to get drained like that. You've got to keep topping it off and topping it off and topping it off. It will be healthier, it will last longer, and it will run when it's supposed to. Guys, good friends, energizing friends are the trickle charger of life. You need them in your life. You need to choose them. You need to pursue them. You need to be intentional in this area. It is so important. Now, for me, I have a group of guys that I get together with on Thursday morning in a life group who are, who are, are the trickle charger of life for me. We get together. I get up at five o'clock on Thursday morning. I don't usually get up that early in the morning, but I have more energy all day long for having spent that time with them first thing in the morning. They charge my batteries. Do you have a group of people? Do you have some people who are pouring into your life like that? Because if you don't, you need to pursue them. Jesus did. He had uh, three guys within his inner circle of 12, Peter, James, and John. These were the guys that charged Jesus' batteries. They were his best friends. Peter was just refreshingly authentic and, and would just run in. And, and Jesus loved him. His real name was Simon, but Jesus called him. Peter, in their language, meant Rocky. He nicknamed him Rocky. And the other two, James and John, he nicknamed the Sons of Thunder. And they, they just loved being together. And we'll see as you read through the Gospels, Jesus would pull away with these guys and they would refresh him, refresh him and charge his batteries. And then he had three other people outside the circle of 12, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And uh, they lived in a little town called Bethany outside of Jerusalem, and he loved spending time with them. He'd go have dinner at their house, and it was like the highlight of their travels. He got to spend time with people who filled his soul. 
Guys, we all need people like that in our lives. And in fact, I would suggest to you, it's vital. Find them. This is why life groups are so important, because you're going to find people who are on the same journey as you here, and you need people who are on the same journey as you. You want to become like Jesus? Get together with other people who are becoming like Jesus. It may be the single greatest spiritual growth catalyst in your life. You'll become like the people you hang out with. So how do you know if someone's an energizing person? Well, they make you smile when you walk in the room. It's like, hey, you're here. Sit down. Let's talk for a while. Don't go just yet. Right? They, they make you feel better about yourself. That's okay, you know. You want people in your life who encourage you, who speak life into you. You need that. You'd want to go on vacation with them. Like, hey, let's go spend a week together doing something. Cool. They're interested in talking about you. It's not just about them. They're like, so how are you doing? What's going on with your family? What's going on in your world? What are you dreaming about these days? They ask those kinds of questions. And they're generous. They're generous with their time. They're generous with their help, their energy, their attention, their gifts, their words. They're generous people. And they're a joy to be with. And they might, like I said, they, there, there might be different reasons why they energize you. But find these people in your life and listen, become intentional about building relationships, about being a good friend and pursuing these kinds of friends. The reality is most of us do not have enough of these kinds of people in our lives. And our buckets are dangerously low because of it. And I do need to... Uh, I do need to give a warning here, so warning, warning, warning. All right, here's the warning, because I've seen this happen way too many times, and you need to know the difference. Where a married couple will be going through a period in their, their relationship where things are difficult. Welcome to marriage, that's going to happen, right? And then one of them builds a relationship with somebody else, and they'll say something along these lines. But she makes me feel so alive. All right, that is not what I'm talking about. What that is, is adrenaline. And what that becomes is an addiction. And that will not make you better. That will not feed your soul. Ultimately, it will wreck your marriage. It will wreck your family. And you'll end up going through a series of people chasing your adrenaline rush. You might feel energized, but it's danger, 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 danger. Don't go there. Don't go there. Part of the reason for marriage, of covenanting yourself to another person, is so that you lean into one another and you work through your junk and they work through their junk and you work through it together and you become that life-giving person for the other person. It doesn't usually start out that way. But if you lean in to the person that you're married to, it can end up that way. Just needed to be clear on that. All right, that's kind of a downer. All right, number four, important, important people. Important people. We need important people in our lives. And they may or may not be energizing, but they do pour into your life. They do pour into your life. It might be a mentor. It might be a parent. It might be kids. It might be, it might be a teacher. But in some way, shape, or form, they contribute to you. It could be knowledge, it could be purpose, it could be wisdom, 
could be direction. Peter was not just energizing to Jesus. He was also very important to Jesus. At one point, Jesus was with his disciples and he asked them, so who do you guys think that I am? And Peter gets this revelation from God and he says, I think you're the Messiah. I think you're the, the one that God has, has sent into the world to rescue the world. And Jesus replies this way to Peter in Matthew 16. He says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, you are rocky. And on this rock, I will build my church in the gates of hell where Hades will not overcome it. Peter, you, you have been... God has revealed this to you. You are important. You're going to be at the center of this movement of people who are going to change the world called the church. You're important. And Peter was important. So how do you know if someone is important in your life, if someone is an important person? Well, one, again, get out your list. And I'm going to encourage you this week to spend some time with this list, all right? They are partially responsible for you being where you are today. I think of a guy named Tim who was a youth leader when I was in high school and invested in my life. And he taught me. And he got me a job at a wilderness camp uh, when I was a freshman in college. I had no business being there. But he, he vouched for me and got me this job. And I'm telling you, for so many reasons, I would not be standing before you today if it weren't for Tim. He's an important person in my life. Maybe it's uh, someone who, who sacrifices for you. They're an important person in your life. My parents come to mind. They sacrificed a bunch when I was young to make sure that I got the education that I needed, to make sure I overcame the challenges that I was dealing with as a young, young kid. And they're important people in my life to this very day. Continue to sacrifice for me and my family and so very important might be somebody you feel responsible for before God. So like my children, right? I, I'm responsible for them and that is a godly mandate and it fills my bucket. I mean, yeah, let's hear it for the kids. All right. Maybe it's a trusted advisor. I have advisors uh, on my board here at the church who speak into my life and help me process difficult questions and they're important people in my life. Or I have a, a group of pastors around the country who I, I look to who are, you know, years ex of experience on me. And I, I seek their advice and, and their important relationships in my life. Or number five, people who extend your influence. Again, for me, I think of my team here at the church. Our staff team, they're amazing. Uh, I, you know, I get to stand up and, and, and speak every weekend, but you guys have no idea everything that goes on behind the scenes. And, and, and we are important to one another. The, the, and I would run through fire for them. I would kick down walls because they're important people in my life. They extend my influence and I try to extend theirs. And, and listen, 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 listen. You're not seeking perfect people because... If you do, you won't have any people in your life. There are no perfect people. People will make mistakes. People get it wrong from time to time. Even Peter, the apostle Peter, 
made mistakes. You know, just a, a couple sentences after Jesus says, hey, you're Peter, you're Rocky, and on this rock I'm going to build my church. Peter, Jesus then goes, and so here's the plan. I'm going to Jerusalem, and they're going to arrest me and beat me, and they're going to crucify me, and it's going to be great. You know, he didn't say it was going to be great, but he said, this is what's going to happen. Then Peter pulls him aside in, in verse 22 of Matthew 16. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. Now, Peter had all the best intentions in the world. He didn't want to see his friend go through that. This shall never happen to you. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. I never want Jesus to say, get behind me, Satan. But I think there's, there's a, Jesus just said, hey, you're rocky. We're going to build the whole church. You're going to be at the center of all of this. It's going to be awesome. It's a friendship thing. And now, now he's like, whoa. And he was terribly authentic with Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Peter wasn't perfect. He didn't get it right all the time. Neither do I, either do you. But Peter was an important person for Jesus. He was an energizing person for Jesus. Guys, we live in one of the most, well, I, I would say the most rapidly changing world culture in the history of the world. If you were alive in 1920, that was a hundred years ago, to today, you have seen unbelievable changes in the world. I mean, people were riding around in horses and buggies in 1920 and, and uh, refrigeration and the going to the moon and computers. And then the computers went from the size of warehouses to the, you know, the size of our cell phones. I mean, everything has changed in the last hundred years. Futurists are saying that in the next five years, we will see more change than we've seen in the last hundred. Crazy. But one thing I can promise you will not change. Your friends will determine the quality and the momentum and the direction of your life. They will shape who you become. And you cannot afford to be haphazard in this area. The righteous choose their friends carefully. And yet we just haphazardly go about life and don't. Heck, we plan everything, everything else. I went on vacation to Disney a couple years ago with my family and my brother's family. And his wife had put together an itinerary for us. And it started at 7.30 in the morning. And it went till the close of the park. And we had, we had a time stamp next to every ride, uh, every pee break, every, everything. It was all planned out. And, and, and we do that with our lives. We plan, our, we plan our, our vacations. We plan our exercise. We plan our academic schedules. We plan our diets. We plan our careers. And we haphazardly go through life, including into our life, whoever who, that gets to affect us at a deep level. The people, who, the people who have access to our inner world who shape who we become, who determine our level of joy and our level of success and our level of momentum. Now listen to me, because some of you are going to walk away going, well, he just said throw away all my friends. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I, I believe that you need, you probably need at least one draining person in your life. You just need to manage that situation well. You definitely need some neutral people in your life that you can be pouring into and making better and bringing up. You do. 
But you need to stack your mix. And you need to pursue energizing people. And you need to pursue important people. And you need to build into those relationships intentionally. You have control. So here are three moves I want to invite you to make this week. First, stack your people deck with energizing and important people. And this is not just this week. But think about, go through the list, figure out where you are and where the people in your life are and then and who the people are, maybe you don't even know yet, but if you do, that you need to pursue. And then be intentional in pursuing those friendships. Don't be lackadaisical in this area. Two, become the friend that the friend you're looking for is looking for. This is where we go through the list. Go, where am I? Am I an energizing person? Am I an important person? Or am I a draining person? Which is a hard thing to come to terms with. But guys, the good news is, is that this is the beginning of a change in your life. Don't beat yourself up. It's okay to not be okay. This is an opportunity for you to identify that and begin to change. And three, get some Jesus followers in your circle. If you're here, I'm assuming that you want to grow spiritually. And growing spiritually really just means becoming more and more like Jesus. And if you want to become more and more like Jesus, spend time with people who are becoming more and more like Jesus. Get into a life group. This is the last week for open sign-ups for life groups for this semester. If you're not in one, you can get online and find one and go to it this week. Sign up for it and go to it or see Mike out in the lobby after the service and he'll get you signed up. But get into a group and start meeting some people. And you're, they're not all going to be your people, but you're going to begin to make friendships that will make a difference in your life. You become like the people you spend time with. Guys, peopling may in fact be the most important life skill you can have. And so you want to be here for this series and you want to apply what we talked about today and what we will be talking about in this, in this series because it will make a huge, huge difference in your life and in our world as well. So let's people well. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you created us to need one another, that you created us to need people in our lives. Lord, the, the, there's grace for all types of people, Lord, but we also have to be intentional about how we're stacking our life. And Lord, I pray that you would give us, each one, the wisdom to do so. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us here at The Vineyard. It's our greatest desire to see you find and follow God, and we hope that this podcast has helped you do just that. In addition to these podcasts, please come visit us live at the Capitol Theater in downtown Wheeling, Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.15 and experience these encouraging messages, some incredible music, and so much more in person. We would love to meet you. Again, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time.